Welcome, and thanks for checking out the Living Word Family Church Sermon Podcast. Before we get to the message, we'd like to invite you to check out Living Word Family Church if you don't already have a church home. For more information, you can check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. Well, good evening. Welcome to Wednesday night. Thanks for tuning in. Trust you're all doing well and and uh, staying uh, fired up and uh, filled up with the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, how we need Him this day and uh, all that's going on. I pray that you're praying and, and believing God for uh, a turnaround in our nation. And uh, But certainly I just pray that you're just believing Him for greater things in your life. I want to mention a couple things tonight. Uh, I may not have heard it, but on Sunday, Paul, Paul Kramer is in uh, University uh, Rehab and Healthcare over in the old county nursing home. So if you have an opportunity to send him a card or something, please do that. He's in there for rehab. He had a couple of stents put in his heart and uh, or his, in his uh, arteries last week. And uh, so he's there for rehab. Also, uh, some of you have been coming on Tuesday night prayer, well, we're reverting back to Monday night prayer this coming week. So if you can make it out, we're going to be praying. There's an election coming up. There's a lot of things going on. We need to, we need to see God move mightily in our midst. So uh, be there if you can. If you can't, know at 7 o'clock on Monday night, begin to pray with us. You don't have to be there with us to pray. So uh, tonight, I just want to talk to you about, in um, Second Peter, Peter's letter he's writing there were false teachers at the time, and he's, he's, tell, he's writing the, the group of Christians there to tell them about, hey, look, don't give in to false truths and false teachers. Know this, and in the last days, and he's given us a lesson on how to live our life so we won't fall into uh, apostasy or uh, deception and, of any kind. And in first, or Second Peter chapter 1, he begins like this. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. It goes on to say, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus Christ, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. By whom, by which we have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, through which these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped, escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Peter starts out, and he says, he calls himself a servant. Doulos, that's what servant means. But he, he is a bond servant. He calls himself a bond servant in one, one translation, and it uh, a slave, more or less, but he totally existed for the master's use. But it wasn't like we call a slave today where a slave has put a hardship on and you have to do everything. He meant that he had the highest and most honored and kingly position of all the world, in all the world. It was an honor to him. And great men of the Bible, as you've read many times, they will say, I was a servant or I'm a servant of, the, of God or of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it bestows with, upon a person the privilege and responsibilities of serving the king of kings. That's a privilege and an honor. So he considered himself a slave or a bond servant. Peter also called himself an apostle of Jesus Christ. Well, there's three truths here 
<laughs> you know, we have people who call themselves apostle. They take that tag, well, I'm an apostle. Uh, don't really understand what it really means. But Peter said, belongs to the one who sent him. He totally was sold out to the one who had sent him. He is commissioned to be sent out and also possesses the authority and power of the one who sent him. So when he, when he went and called himself an apostle, he not only had uh, the title, but he had the responsibility and he had the authority to serve God. And to those that obtained like precious faith by, right, by the righteousness of our Savior, Jesus Christ. That means he's talking to us today. He wasn't just talking to that group of people. This letter is valid today to us as Christians. Jesus, and it goes on to say, uh, in grace, it says, like precious faith through our, uh, by the righteousness of our God and, and Jesus, Savior Jesus Christ. He is, Jesus is the Messiah of our faith. He is the one, because of him, we have faith to trust God today and is acceptable to God by faith. He's also, it says, grace and peace. Grace and peace be multiplied. Jesus is our peace. He is the Messiah of our grace and peace. And over in Ephesians 1, 7, it says this, in whom we have redemption through his blood, that the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. We have forgiveness because of his grace. We have forgiveness because of the blood he shed. Listen, we don't deserve it. Mankind doesn't deserve it. What we deserve is judgment, uh, condemnation, punishment, but, 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 but God's grace has saved us. Amen? Through grace. But he's also given us peace. He said, grace and peace. Well, in John 14, 27, Jesus said this, peace I leave you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, <laughs> give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That, that is so apropos today. Don't let your heart be troubled. Keep your mind and heart stayed upon the Lord. <laughs> Bless the Lord. Thank him that in this day and this hour, he has always made a way of escape for the corruption that is in the world. Jesus multiplies, multiplies our grace and peace. Never to be a lack of grace and peace in our lives. He multiplies it. How does that happen? It goes on to say through knowledge of him to know him personally. That's where we get our grace and peace from, is to know him by experience, not just hearing about him, not just once in a while uh, getting a little message. Listen, my friends, it's not, it's not something we do. We don't check the box just by going to church on a Sunday or a Wednesday or even tuning in to a live stream. We get grace and peace by growing closer to the Lord. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to us right in the midst of that. And he goes on to say that uh, by which we have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises. <laughs> what for? That we may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Live and got by godliness, have godliness by the nature and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. He see, over in Colossians 3.10, it says, Put off the old man and put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who, who uh, created us. Amen? But that's, he goes on to say uh, in verse 
um, 5, he says this. Now, this is what we're going to get to today. Christian virtues. But also, for this very reason, giving all diligence. Hey, listen, you know, God said over in Hebrews that he is a rewarder of those of what? Diligently seek him. Not just uh, part-time seekers, uh, not just once in a while seekers, not just, well, I go to church seekers. No, he's the ones that come after him. God, I want to know you. What did Paul say? After all that Paul had done, what did he say his desire was? To know him and and the power of his resurrection. That should be our heart's desire right up until the very last breath we take in this earth because someday we're going to stand right before him and we'll say, wow, I remember Pastor Larry thinking about always going like this and he says, I could have done this or I could have, should have done that. Well, we have opportunity while we are here on earth. Amen? Amen. We have opportunity to seek him with all of our heart. Be diligent, it says. Be diligent, Peter is saying. And he says, because we have this great salvation, what she just talks about in the first uh, uh, four verses of this message, or this first four, mes- or first four verses of this letter, he says, now add to this. Now, he's not telling us that <laughs> salvation is by works. No way did he tell us this. But he's telling us, listen to this, Peter did not suggest that salvation is by works, but it exhorts believers to live in such a way that their election is made uh, absolutely certain. So these next things are not something we do as works. It's something we add to. Everything has been given to us. Everything that pertains to life and godliness, the scripture just said, has been given to us that we might live in this divine nature that God has called us to. So first and foremost, he wants us to add virtue. Well, virtue... uh, Remember when Jesus, uh, the woman with the issue of blood, touched the hem of his garment and said virtue went out of him? Well, that was power that went out of him. But what, what he's meaning here is absolute or apply moral excellence and godliness of character and goodness of character, moral strength and moral courage. Be an excellent person in life. Everything you do had virtue, be virtue, always uh, choosing to an excellent way in your life. That's what he's calling us to do right there. He said, add that to what has already been given. In other words, there's a place in there in Scripture that says, work out your own salvation by what? Fear and trembling. It's already been given to us. Now work it out. And Peter's saying, add this to what you're doing. Have an excellent moral life. Be virtuous. Then he says, to virtue, add knowledge. Knowledge. Well, he's meaning, uh, supposedly in this this uh, rendering here, is practical intelligence uh, and knowledge. The kind of knowledge that you can work through life and, and get through life with um, with with the uh, knowledge of how to do things and how to how to live your life. But it also means to me spiritual knowledge. We have to have a knowledge of God. Over in John eight thirty one and thirty two, you've heard me render or teach or speak of these uh, this. Um, scripture many times it says jesus i mean even though jesus had (laughs) had all the the way of telling us how to do things he said if you continue in my word then you are my disciples indeed and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free in the amplified bible it says continually obeying my teachings and live in accordance with them then you'll know the truth so in other words, you diligently seek him. Over in Hosea 4, 6, it says this. My people are destroyed by a lack of knowledge because they rejected knowledge. Well, in, 
one rendering of that, it says, because uh, a lack of revelation of him. How do you get to know somebody? You have to spend time with somebody. You have to have a revelation of who they are. We say we know people, you know, we know people by uh, viewing a TV program or, or listen, uh, Donald Trump's the president right now. And, and we can say, well, Donald Trump this and Donald Trump that. But you know what? We really don't know Donald Trump. We know him at a distance. Well, we can know Jesus at a distance too, but he wants us to know him with personal revelation of who he is. So what do we ha- how do we do that? We diligently seek him. We diligently seek the truth. We stay in the word of God. We, we get to know him through revelation of who he is. Then he also says, because after that, you add self-control. To knowledge, you add self-control. How many of you know we need self-control today? It's so easy to go off. I'm telling you, if you watch, if you watch the uh, news today, and, and I pray that you're not watching certain newscasts because all you're not going to get the truth is going to get mostly fake news, and I'm not exaggerating. You know that. But it's going to make you mad. It's going to make you irritated. And, and you get too much input of that, you're going to be doing and doing and saying things you wish you hadn't done. But he's saying self-control, be strong and controlled, restrained against the lust of the flesh and the eyes and the pride of life. Be controlled against those things. Don't let the influence of the world overtake you. How many of you know most of us, if we, if we be perfectly honest, live more in the world than we do in the kingdom? We, we, you know, we say we, we say we go to church, we love God, but we go do what we want to do without asking him. Yeah, I mean, you know, that isn't God's way. If, if we really say we are servants of the Lord Jesus Christ, if we're, he's our Lord and King, and, and, and uh, we should be asking him what we should do in certain situations, in every situation of our life. We can't just go about uh, going to church. Look, I said, just said, it's not checking the box. I went to church. That is, he has to be the hub of our whole wheel of life. He has to be the preeminence in our life. And we have to, in in order to have the kind of life he wants us to have. So he has self-control. Watch what you hear, watch what you see. Guard your heart against what's going on in the world today. And read this word and trust him to get you through every situation. Every situation. Because he said he gives us these promises that lead to life and godliness. All promises. Amen? We might be partakers of that divine nature. We'll, as I've said often before, we'll look like us and act like him. That's, that's what we're to do. The words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart are to be pleasing in his sight. Because he, then he'll be our strength and our redeemer. So do that tonight. Begin to put these, uh, these virtues into your life. After that, self-control, add patience. Boy, that's, that's a, a strong word, but patience is a, a, a uh, what do I want to say? Patience is not passive. It's active. It's endurance, fortitude, perseverance. Pers- don't we need perseverance today with all that's going on? Listen, this is nothing new. There's nothing new under the sun. There's always been persecutions. There's always been trouble. But as I mentioned last week, Jesus said in John, I think it's John 16, 33, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. So there's going to be those troubles, but we need perseverance. We need endurance. Endurance is, is uh, many of you had ever 
uh, played sports of any kind or ran track or anything. Listen, it's, it's one thing to be quick out of the gate. It's another thing to finish the race with endurance. So we have to run our race with endurance. Romans 12, 12 says, Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instantly in prayer. Instant in prayer. So we're to, we're to be praying about things. We're to asking and trusting the Lord. Well, you know, prayer, prayer is a vital thing today. It's the greatest force of power upon the earth when we pray to a God that uh, can change lives and change uh, situations when we pray. But if we don't pray, we're not going to get those answers that we need. So be uh, continually in prayer, instant in prayer. So what do we do? We pray. Well, you know, prayer is more than just uh, asking him for our wants and needs. It's agreeing with what his word has said and agreeing with what he wants to do, uh, do up on the earth today. How many of you know when it says to pray for our, those in authority, all men that are in authority and and that we might lead a quiet and peaceable life. Why is that? Because God wants all men, all people, all men and women to come to know him and have that saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So we must pray. So you say, well, I, I, I don't, I'm not very good at prayer. Prayer is just, uh, just talking to the one that has saved us and set us apart. Amen? It's having that relationship. How many of you can talk to somebody else or even strangers sometimes, but you feel like you're inadequate to talk to talk to the Lord. You're not. He's looking for you. He knows all about you anyway, so you're not going to say anything that he didn't already know. So get in prayer. After that, it says, add all godliness. <laughs> add godliness. Well, what's that mean? His very nature. Like I said, begin to <laughs> look like us and act like him. How would God act? You find out through the word how he would act. You see his character and his, his uh, attributes in the word of God. Amen? So you begin to put those in your life. Well, I, 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 I can't do that. I did this. I did that. You know what? That's all been forgiven. That's all been forgiven. We're not the old person we used to be. What's 2 Corinthians 5, 17? <laughs> I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. and all, Behold, all things, say it to yourself, all things have become new. Those sins, those things you did in the past, they've been wiped clean by the blood of the Lamb. So get a new identity. Begin to tell yourself who you are in Christ. That little book that Brother Hagin put out years ago, In Him. Get that book, read it over yourself. Say, that's who I am now. You'll find confidence growing in your life, and you'll find your relationship with God grow abundantly. Goes on to say, add brotherly kindness. That's the kind of brotherly kindness that uh, binds us together. How many of you know we need brotherly kindness today? We need unity in the body of Christ today. We have things to, dividing us so quickly today. This coronavirus, I mean, I'm, I'm, I know it's a serious thing in a lot of respects, but it's divided households. I said this before, households and churches and, and, and our country in a lot of ways. But we need brotherly kindness that binds us as a family, unbreakable union, deep affection for each other, and concern and look after the welfare of each other. That's what brotherly kindness is. You know, uh, it's, it's especially true. You find out who your friends are, the old saying is, when the pressure gets on, when the problems come. Well, how many of you know that, uh, that we need to be kind one to another, tenderhearted, the scripture says, loving one another and forgiving one another. But after that, he says, add love. 
<laughs> to brotherly kindness. To brotherly kindness, love. Well, what's he talking about here? He's talking about the kind of love that loves the ungodly, <laughs> the unworthy sinners. Well, who did that? God himself, amen? It's called the agape love. It's the kind of love that, that God has showed us. How many of you know he showed us when we were dead in sin, Christ died for us? That's the kind of love he's talking about. It's a selfless love. It's a gift of God only. Only comes by knowing God personally. That's what he's saying here. Peter's, or Peter's telling us in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, you know this, now abides faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Amen. His love. Amen. Amen. He died for us. Now let's go on and read. See, these are things we can put in our own life now because God has provided such a great salvation through Jesus Christ, all things that pertain to life and godliness. He says, now add these to your life. Put this in practice in your life and you'll begin to walk out uh, your salvation. You'll begin to be fruitful in the kingdom. How many of you know he wants us to be fruitful, produce fruit? That's over in John 15, if you read that. He wants us to pr uh, provide uh, uh, others to come to know him. But let's read on in verse 8. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness. There's such a blindness today, even in the body of Christ. Listen, but he's no respecter of persons. He's not going to do for one. He won't do for the other. If you draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. And it goes on to say, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, he's talking to us, be even more diligent, even more diligent. Man, this is a time you're at home on Wednesday night, on Sunday. Get in the word of God. Get in the word of God in, in, in Sunday through Saturday, <laughs> every day. Get and begin to uh, speak the word of God over yourself. But he says, even more diligent to make your call and election sure. That for if you do these things, you will neither stumble, never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now he's going on, he's about to be martyred. Peter's about to be martyred and he gives these, writes these in this word. He says, he's approaching death and it says, for this reason, I will not neglect to remind you always of these things. Through you, uh, though you know or are established in the present truth, yes, I think it right as long as I'm in this tent or in this body, he says, to stir you up by reminding you. Amen. This is what this word is doing for us tonight, for me, for you, is stirring us up into good works. Amen. Into doing, knowing that shortly I must put off this tent just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. Amen. He's gone, but he says, I'm reminding you. Peter's reminding us tonight in his letter, put these things on, add these virtues, be strong in the Lord. <laughs> this, is, this is something we all must do if we want to be pleasing in, in our Savior's sight. So tonight, just think about these things. Recognize that an effective and, and productive life results by sanctification. That's mean character transformation that begins with faith and results in love.
Let's pray right now. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you're always encouraging us, stirring us, reminding us of who we are in, 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 in Jesus Christ, who we are in him, our savior. I pray for everyone in the sound of my voice tonight would be stirred in their hearts. God, help me to draw near to you. Help me to be diligent to find out all the things that pertain to life and godliness. Add these virtues to my life. And, and so by doing so, I can be a partaker of the divine nature. Thank you, Lord, that you love us and gave your son for us. And thank you, Jesus, that you died for us. And thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're living on the inside of us. I pray for everyone in the sound of my voice tonight. <laughs> Whatever they have need of, you've already provided for, that they'd reach out and take it by faith. And we just give you all the praise for that. In Jesus' name, what a mighty God we serve. We worship you and give you all the praise and thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for being here tonight. Keep the fight. Keep a good faith. Amen. And we'll see you next week at this time. Have a good night. Thanks for listening. We hope that this message encouraged and equipped you in your walk with Christ. Make sure to follow us on Facebook or Instagram to stay updated with what's going on at Living Word Family Church. Have a great day.